Welcome to Changing the Way People Feel About Insurance with FWD. My name's Fiona Mattesini, and on this podcast, I'll be talking with Huyn Tang Fong, FWD CEO and the man who leads the business from the top. On this podcast, Fong tells a great story about what his customers have taught him. They say, please, could you come to the galley because uh, we want to talk to you. I never experienced anything like this before in my life. So, of course, I go to the galley and they say, sit, sit, sit. We have a question for you. We also discuss tech. I love tech, but I don't like the complexity using tech. And he explains why FWD remain inspired by the founding principles of insurance. If you peel away all the layers of jargons and unnecessary complexity, life insurance in the pure and simple form has not changed for centuries because the purpose of life insurance has not changed. So let's get started. Fong, thank you for joining me. Hello, Fiona. Thank you very much for the kind words. <laughs> My pleasure. It's, it's all you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Can be better. I've got lots of questions about what can only be described as a phenomenal seven years at FWD. So um, let's get started. I have a fairly good idea of your corporate background, but I wonder if you'd be happy talking about the bigger picture stuff. Can you give us a short potted history? I was born in Vietnam and grew up in Vietnam during the wartime. But uh, at the end of the war, my mom and dad put me on a boat to send me off. And uh, that was, was back in 79, and actually washed up on the shore of uh, Hong Kong as a refugee, and then uh, settled in Canada. It was a wonderful experience. That gave me a start in life. Put myself through school in Canada, uh, starting the career with life insurance in 1986. 30-something years on, here I am again, back in Asia, still with life insurance, trying to build a insurance across Asia. Uh, life goes in full circle. Seven years ago now, when you first joined FWD, one of the things that you said was that you had always wanted to build a new kind of insurance company. Can you talk me about the mindset behind that or what was going on in your mind when you first were thinking of setting up FWD? The wonderful part of it is uh, to recruit the people that you think would build a right organization. And it's allowed you to shape everything around you in the way you imagine it should be shaped. The way I look at it is actually much easier to build something from nothing rather than fix something that's broken. Because, of course, traditionally, insurance has a huge amount of legacy behind it, which isn't always easy to work with, as you know yourself. That's absolutely true, uh, Fiona. And I think that's the, one of the big competitive advantages at FWD. We're no longer the baby, but uh, having that the mentality of try something new, something different and build from scratch if necessary, versus learning to live with a uh, big legacy behind you. To me, that's like bonds and chains that uh, track you down. I read a quote from you back from 2014 where you said, and I'm quoting, FWD has the potential to be a driving force for change in the industry. So seven years later, tell me whether you feel you've achieved that change. And if so, what are you most proud of? The push that we have, uh, we made, and I think the first thing we push uh, is, of course, to tell the world who we are and what we stand for. So create the brand FWD and uh, the value behind the brand and get on the rooftop and shout to the world. I think that's really important in the first phase of the group. 
And then once you do that, then you have to put substance behind it and show the world that, yes, we actually customer-led. We actually do things that we believe would change the way they feel about insurance, uh, not just to talk about it as a slogan. Uh, so I think uh, seven years on, if you look at FWD today, we are Pan-Asian, we have scale. We're certainly not a small company anymore. But the thing I'm proudest is the fact that we, in several areas, we actually move the needles in terms of changing the way people feel about insurance. I think uh, the examples that um, I guess I can and share with you uh, for half a day, well, there are many things going on in, in many markets. But the one thing that we do pretty fast is how to simplify insurance and how to make insurance relevant and simple for our customer. So the very first thing that we push is how do we take away on the exclusion in an insurance contract? The story I, I usually share with my people, the fact that whenever if I go scuba diving, I, I like scuba diving. And when I learned to scuba dive, I took proper lesson. Um, uh, I become well trained for it and uh, I take all the precaution to make sure it's a safe uh, sport and you manage the, the risk. But to an insurance company, for some reason, the moment uh, you put that hang on your back and get into the water, they tell you that you're no longer covered by insurance policy, which to me, that's a very illogical. A simple story like that illustrate how we have to change in our thinking and our behavior as insurance company if we ever hope to change the way people feel about insurance. Absolutely. As a fan of scuba diving, I completely agree. You're never more kind of concentrated than when you're quite a few feet underwater. That's when you're really concentrated on your own health and safety. Tell me the story. And in fact, tell me if this is a true story or not. I heard a little story about you being told off by two air stewardesses on a flight. Is this true? Uh, this is the story that, uh, again, I often repeat because it illustrates a point very clearly. So the story was that I was the CEO of an insurance company in Vietnam at that time. So uh, I'm quite recognized by the customer sometimes. So on one of the flights, I was taking on Vietnam Airlines during the flight to young stewardess and walk up to me and say, Mr. Fong, right? And I say, yes. And they say, please, could you come to the galley because uh, we want to talk to you. I never experienced anything like this before in my life. Uh, so, of course, I go to the galley <laughs> uh, and they say, sit, sit, sit. We have a question for you. I sat down. They say, we both just bought a insurance policy from your company. Why are you excluding us when we do our job flying on Vietnam Airlines? And I just look at them and I say, ah, actually, I do not have an intelligent answer to your questions. There's no, actuarially speaking, there's really not a, a good reason to exclude. Most insurance companies kept this clause in 1940, 1950, flying airplanes, such a dangerous uh, occupation. So they deem high risk. But insurance uh, company, like almost a century after, uh, never bothered to go around and re-look at these clauses. Mm. That's an example why we as uh, insurance should go back and look. And yes, you should keep the uh, appropriate clause and condition where it's actually making sense and where the customer understands why we need that, uh, rather than just keep pages and pages of fine print with an on an average between 25 and 30 exclusion in every policy we've written. That's wonderful. And of course, this also went on to have an impact on the regulators in Vietnam. 
Yes, that's the nice part of that story is uh, by the time we go back to Vietnam with FWD and we launch this project, it was very welcomed by the regulator. And they actually uh, go out of their way and ask other insurance companies in the market to follow suit on it. So not only that you change your practice uh, within your own organization, it has a pretty good knock-on impact across the market. The brand vision very much feels like almost a piece of industry advocacy, changing the way people feel about insurance sort of flips the, the playbook of how people tend to view insurance because it's no secret that the industry isn't always the most loved. But what's fascinating is that if you go back into the history of insurance, it's rooted in really wonderful, almost philanthropic values, people pooling their money to help each other. So in many ways, from a values perspective, it feels to me like FWD is breathing new life into these ancient founding principles, but doing it via modern day digital technology and next gen customer experience. Do you think that's a fair assessment? That's a very interesting way to put it. Insurance, the financial service sector in general, tend to make things overly complicated for our customers. When it comes to life insurance, so why people forgot what we actually is about. And if you peel away all the layers of jargons and the unnecessary complexity, life insurance uh, in the pure and simple form has not changed for centuries because the purpose of life insurance has not changed. Uh, the purpose of life insurance is pooling the risk to take care of each other for the individual who experienced bad times. So that principle, make it transparent and make it simple and make it relevant again. I think that's, to me, that mission worth doing. And that's why when we set up FWD, we try to go back to the basic to do that. Yeah, and I guess as well that transparency builds trust equity, which the industry clearly is working towards. There are so many achievements and awards and success stories that we could talk about for FWD. One that caught my eye, and I'm returning back to your own career lineage, is the fact that FWD was first to market in selling insurance on an e-commerce platform in Vietnam, closing that gap in the country you were born in. On a personal note, does working to such a powerful vision statement give you purpose? To make a difference in Vietnam at this stage... I have to bring something, another business model that help enhance life insurance industry in Vietnam. And to me, the digital model, digitally enabled model is the one. And here I want to make sure there's a big distinction. We are not the digital only insurer. We are digital first and enable, but we're not digital only insurance. Uh, because digital insurance, only insurance, they only look at to sell very small policy for a number of people, purely online. Are we more than that? What we want to do is to make sure that we build an insurance company because we are digital first. We take the traditional channels that exist and we enhance that and make sure that we reach more people more efficiently. And then we combine that with another channel on the digital direct-to-customer or digital offline to online combined with other ecosystem. I want to bring a, a different kind of insurance model to Vietnam for the next stage of de development. So uh, back to your question about the cooperation between us and uh, the e-commerce platform uh, Tiki in Vietnam. This has been a wonderful experience because we proved that model. If you build the right model, you can touch many, many more lives. Uh, so it's quite rewarding in that sense. 
Yeah, and I suppose thinking about it, the most efficient way to close those gaps, particularly in developing markets, would be to have that multi-channel distribution strategy as opposed to saying we're just digital or we're just an agency model. You've got a foot in both camps very much so, which is wonderful because, of course, there's also the power of the human touch, which is important too, right? Yes, that I think will be critical for the life insurance industry, that human touch. Uh, but how do you uh, enhance that human touch by bringing the right digital investment around it? And I think um, in FWD, one of the terms that you you hear banding around when it comes to the agency channel, for example, is AI Square, which is uh, stand for Agent Insight Assisted Intelligence. So you need both. You need the kind of technology that exists. But in the end of the day, the agent have to provide the insight to the customer. So that human touch is quite important for us as an industry. Yeah, no, I'm very impressed by AI Square. The fact that you're using artificial intelligence to enrich that fact-finding process with smart data is very impressive. And it was built in-house as well, as I understand it. So uh, bravo to you and the team. You do have a reputation as being a real talent magnet. People seem to genuinely love working with you and they also seem to want to come and join your team. You clearly have a strong team and I know it's a growing team. What's your hiring philosophy What attributes do you look for when you're recruiting? The core requirement for to be part of FWD team, first and foremost, is looking for the people who who share the same passion of uh, the way people feel about insurance. If you look at my senior team, these are very experienced people who uh, can easily, easily get a job, a very senior job in, uh, in major competitors. The reason why they, they really want Kin and join us and the motivation is they have a chance to do something differently. And they know working with me, they have the space to do that. It's also noticeable that the people you hire are the architects of several new ideas and initiatives, some of which are quite groundbreaking and many of which are first to market in Asia. There's Project Clarity, which removes insurance jargon from contracts. Thank you for that. You've mentioned Project Exclusion, which rethinks legacy decision-making on risk. And the Innovation Kitchen, I think you call it, at FWD, appear to be doing really innovative work with things like intuitive chatbots and automated underwriting. What's your personal view on digital technology? I love tech, but I I don't like the complexity using tech. So tech has to be seamless and tech has to be almost invisible. The only way you can get people to adapt and use the tech, uh, the digital tools we provide, is we have to make sure it's uh, extremely user-friendly, not complex at all. Uh, So that's my view when it comes to digital and technology. So the investment that we put in, as you mentioned, we play around with Innovation Kitchen. We experiment, we build something ourselves. We go out there, we look around, and, and when we find something interesting, we have no problem buying it or work with the, the external groups to build tech together and so on. When it comes to tech, we are very curious on what is out there and what can be built and what can be borrowed back or steal. But at the end of it, tech is not for tech's sake. Tech is uh, to create the right customer experience for our customers. Yeah, because the customers need to adopt it for themselves and actually enjoy using it. Yeah. In fact, I must ask you, from the, from the perspective of being a parent, and I'm speaking as a, being a, a parent myself, are you at the stage yet where you're being out-teched by your kids? 
Oh, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I always say that I observe my kids, and had I make the investment based on their uh, lifestyle and tech preference, I would be very rich right now. Uh, because <laughs> they switch their uh, behavior and the usage of digital technology well ahead of us. And by the time uh, I realize how good tech that they use in their life, it's too late. The market capital of those company already <laughs> went up quite a bit. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I really hear you on that one. And it's good to know I'm not alone. As a brand, do you worry about being copied? I mean, that's the best form of flattering, right? <laughs> I think uh, we already been copied and uh, it's annoying sometimes, but um, you need to realize that if you want to be a trailblazer and you forge a path that's the right path, there will be people who follow you, which is natural. So when we build the brand, we flip the various attributes around to make sure that it's all about uh, living the life of the customer today rather than uh, future worry. And the, the look and feel are much uh, fresher and younger. And within a short time, the people start to copy. And many websites now uh, start to uh, move toward the look and feel at WD. But to me, I think that's okay because that's uh, almost like repaint the outside of your house and say, hey, my house looks the same with FWD. But the harder part is how to deliver the experience for the customer behind that brand. So how do you rebuild the foundation of that house to make sure it's fit for purpose uh, as FWD? I think that's much harder. I've also noticed that lots of traditional insurers are now trying to digitize across the ecosystem. But of course, as you've already pointed out, their business model is often predicated on a centuries-old framework. At FWD, you appear to leapfrog all of that old infrastructure and, in many cases, immediately start from digital. Was that always the plan? Yes, and I think but that's only one part of the equation. Being legacy light and start from a blank canvas uh, helps. But I think the, the even more critical is the, the culture and the mindset of the organization to be always thinking about how to do things differently and continuously improve uh, so that the customer experience of tomorrow is better than today. I think that having that mindset, having that is something that cannot be duplicated by the competitors. And then the third thing is um, I think that we structure uh, so that we are very non-bureaucratic and uh, decision to make fast and agile and we move very fast. So one of our big advantage, and it's harder for the giant big legacy and big bureaucracy out there to replicate, is the speed of execution and nimbleness of how we do things. These three things give us that uh, advantage. Let's move to the data narrative, because to my untrained eye, it seems that new insurtechs built from the ground up have no data, which is obviously a problem. Traditional insurers have reams and reams of data, but it's pretty linear or one-dimensional. At FWD, you appear to have created this win-win where you, you have the data, which you obviously need, but you're also moving into an AI-powered data and even possibly blockchain and big data field. I mean, that's quite exciting. Yes, it is, uh, it is very exciting because uh, these are the things that um, 
insurance company dream about doing uh, for years, but either they don't have the right data set in place or they have data that sit on over the different system that don't talk to each other and in pockets and uh, outdated and so on. So they cannot leverage it. And then on the other hand, you have the uh, tech company who's uh, very good at getting inside out of data, but don't have the right customer base nor the, that we have. Uh, so to be able to uh, take advantage of the best of both worlds, I think that's that's a very exciting situation to be in. So at FWD Group, we've been uh, busily building that infrastructure to make sure that we uh, have a single source of truth through the right data lake infrastructure across all the uh, on the operations. And from there, we can glean a lot of insights that help us uh, guide us to make decisions. Now, with uh, the digital dashboard that we have, Every morning I can look at not just the number of claims or how much we pay, which is a normal data, but uh, how people feel about how we pay them claims. I think data like that is uh, incredibly powerful because it's helped us uh, make a real-time decision in terms of how to improve the customer experience. So I now have a set of quick fire round questions. Uh, The idea is fast questions, fast answers, the first thing that comes into your head. So hopefully you're ready for this. Question one, can you think of somebody not in insurance that you admire? Oh, that's one is easy. My mother, the incredible achievement that my mom went through to support the family during the war years. Imagine your house get burned down three times and she rebuilt it and put it through school and uh, make sure we get the best education. Incredible woman. What is your favorite part of your job? The favorite part of my job, I think they, um, it's also an easy one. One of the reasons why I stick to insurance, life insurance, for more than 30 years, because it's a wonderful opportunity. It's very fulfilling. It's an industry where you touch the life of millions of families around you through the product that you sell. And even when it comes to social uh, work, uh, it's all about education, scholarship, helping people out there. So again, it's just uh, wonderfully fulfilling. And I guess people don't often think of insurance in those terms that actually it can touch lives and it does touch lives. It goes back to what you guys say. You're telling a different insurance story, which in itself is actually quite inspiring. So what's your least favorite part of your job? The least favorite part of my job? Oh, this is, this is a much tougher one. Sometime running a corporation, a larger organization, like it or not, there will be time when you have to make pretty tough decisions. And uh, when the decision come down to, not for the reason of performance or anything like that, but macroeconomic or delay for license, something out of your control, you actually have to let go of good people. You have to choose which good people that you have that you have to uh, part way. That's never easy. Yeah. What are you proudest of? What am I most proud of? I think I, I, I have uh, several children, uh, one boy and one girl, I'm very proud. And then the other children, of course, uh, one of the company that I set up before, that's the first in the market and opened up the, the industry for the home country in Vietnam. I think I'm very proud of that child too. And of course, now my child, my, the apple of my eyes is FWD Group and how we deliver the dream of not just about building a successful, financially successful pan-Asian insurance group, but we proudly build something that's different than everybody else. And I think that's a very uh, proud moment. Yeah, I'd say. And not that I'm obsessing over the Buckingham Palace moment, but can you recall what the Queen said to you or, how, or, or any fond memories of that day? 
You have to remember uh, when you go to the palace and meet the queen. There's a lineup, right? You take turn and go up to the queen. Uh, before you go, they say the queen won't say a word to you and don't shake her hand. None of this is true. She actually talked to you a lot and she shake your hand. <laughs> But as it's turned out, I lined up and the gentleman in front of me, he was a BBC reporter and he was covering Afghanistan at that time. This is in 2005. And he was so badly injured covering the news in Afghanistan. And he basically can barely walk with crutches. And he's the guy in front of me, go up to the queen and get the OB and talk to her. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> look, look at this man. This is what he'd done to deserve uh, the, the, the OBE. So I walk up to the queen. I feel more than slightly uh, inadequate. <laughs> she, she was extremely nice. She, she actually asked me, Me, uh, what did I do to get the nomination and the, the OBE? And I share with her the work that we've done in, uh, in Vietnam, especially for the British financial service industry. We, we, we carry on that conversation. So that's quite memorable, the journalist hero in front of me in that queue. <laughs> wow. What a story. That's quite phenomenal. You should watch The uh, the Crown on Netflix. It's I haven't started watching it, but it's meant to be amazing. So uh, uh, there's a recommendation. What's the challenge that you spend a lot of time thinking about? Back to the conversation we had earlier about how do we maintain that culture. Because to be successful, FWD today and FWD in the future, the key thing is the sustainability of that orange culture. How do we move fast? How do we think differently and dare to be different? And how do we always keep the customer uh, at the center of everything that we do Uh, so that we actually change the way people feel about insurance. That's the, uh, one of the, the biggest challenges that uh, I constantly think about. As we grow and we buy company and we expand in new territories, how do we maintain that mindset across? I think that's, uh, that's the key for us. Fong, thank you so much for your time and for letting me in behind the scenes at FWD. It's been such a pleasure to talk. Thank you very much and uh, a pleasure chatting with you, uh, Fiona. So that ends our podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about FWD, you can head to the group website, which is fwd.com. My name's Fiona Mattesini. Thanks for listening. <laughs>